It's one of them nights when tonight we're going to do a lot of adjusting. We, we labeled tonight the technicals. And the reason why we labeled tonight the technicals is because a lot of people have this, these blueprints and a lot of people have these visions, but a lot of people don't have the execution. Question, what do you do when what you thought is required is only the minimal that's required? Let me ask you a question before we go any further. Are you so focused on making weight that you can't prepare for the fight. What's good? What's good? What's good, man? It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapping, man. Welcome to episode 59 of Trapping 2. That's... <sighs> 59 episodes in, man. I want you to understand that every vision starts as purely just a dream. The thing about the dream is the dream gives you an idea of what's possible. Possibilities become so great probabilities once you, you wake up from the, the dream and then take action. I think the biggest thing we can do on our journey to succeed in anything is life is take off the expectations on how we want the end result and focus more on what do we have to do and who do we have to become on a journey. <laughs> Jose, you heard that? You heard that? You heard that? Listen, I think the problem that a lot of people have in life is they focus so much on what they want the end result to be not realizing that in the midst of accomplishing the end result, you have to become something that you've never been. Oh, oh, oh. Jose, because watch this. Who you are in the beginning of the journey, that person is not equipped to accomplish something great. Who you are in the beginning of the journey, who I was when I started Trapping Tuesdays is not who I am in episode 59. Episode 59 required a lot of adjustments. Episode 59 or 59 episodes required a lot of learning. 59 episodes required an increase of my mental, emotional, and spiritual fortitude. 59 episodes required more money invested than I ever thought I would. 59 episodes required a different version of me. And so what I need everybody to understand is the end result is important, but the journey is going to require something so different. The journey is going to require something so revolutionary out of you. And you got to ask yourself, are you fit for the fight? There's a thing that has to happen. Do you want what you say you want? And if you do, you have to change who you are to get what you say you want. <laughs> it's one of them nights. It's one of them nights when tonight we're going to do a lot of adjusting. We, we labeled tonight the technicals. 
And the reason why we labeled tonight the technicals is because a lot of people have this, these blueprints and a lot of people have these visions, but a lot of people don't have the execution. Question, what do you do when what you thought is required is only the minimal that's required? Jose, I like that. I like that. I like that. What do you do when you thought you was giving it your all and you realize that's just bare minimum? What do you do? Because what I've learned on the journey is greatness has to be worked for even when you don't feel like it. One of my mentors once told me a prepared man is better than a prepared message. Now, that was great for speaking, but I took it into another con context. In life, you can only prepare so much. Okay, so a lot of people remember AI said, practice, practice, and we'll be like, well, AI ain't never won no ring. I bet. But here's what I mean by there's some fighters, watch this, that walk around fight ready. And there's some fighters that got to drop weight and gain weight. Floyd walked around fight ready. So, so the, the wear and tear on his body that, that, that most fighters have to make weight, he spent more time just becoming the better version. Or he spent more time studying for the opponent. He ain't have to work on, I gotta make weight. Let me ask you a question before we go any further. Are you so focused on making weight that you can't prepare for the fight? <laughs> Jose, I'm in the bag early. I'm in the bag early. Are you so focused on making weight because when you focused on making weight, there's a different type of focus that has to shift when you now got to focus on preparing for the fight. And I want you to understand something. Success is a heavyweight. Greatness is a heavyweight. So that means you got to get your weight up. And when you get your weight up, you still have to bring power. You still have to bring skill set. You still got to bring movement. You still got to bring IQ. So in order to fight the heavyweights, you got to adjust. You can't just focus on getting your weight up. Y'all too focused on getting your weight up. You got to walk around ready. Like every day I walk around ready. Because I know that this fight is a 15 rounder. In order to build wealth, in order to do something great, you gotta be in that thriller in Manila mode. Okay, that might be a little, that might be a little out of some of they, they league, Jose. They, they might, I need you to go Google the thriller in Manila. I want you to understand, watch this. Ooh, this is good, Jose, watch this, watch this. This one you had, Ali and Frazier. Ali beat Frazier the first fight. Frazier beat Ali the second fight. The third fight, all you training for is in, I already know, you ain't gonna really do nothing different. 
Ali no Frazier ain't gonna do nothing different. Frazier no act. It now requires endurance. It now requires mental fortitude. It now requires who wanted the most. Okay, let me make this make sense before I go there. Watch this. You ain't never been successful, but you know one thing. You know what it's like to be check to check. You know what it's like to be middle class. You know what it's like to be working class. Yo, you gotta fight every day. You in a 15 round fight every, you in a life fight every day. Watch this. In the 15th round, when the bell rung, both of them was exhausted. Both of them wanted to quit. Ali the only one stood up. Ali the only one. Frazier was like, bro, I don't. He said, I, I wanted, he said, I wanted to get up. Watch this. But my heart couldn't get up. They had a savage in front. He ain't no better fighter than me. But I just, my legs ain't want to get up. My, my, what do you do when your mental say it's too much? What do you do when your heart say it's too much? What do you do when you looking over and you see your wife, you see your mother, you see your, let me make it make sense. I ain't just talking about Ali and Frazier. I'm talking about you being in a life fight. I'm talking about you being in a life fight when everything is against you. I'm talking about you getting up every day, you sitting in the rain, the bell ring, bing, bing, you up. Because what I know is every day I open my eyes, life ready to fight. What I know is every day I open my eyes, my daughter gotta eat. What I know every day when I open my eyes, somebody, I gotta take care of somebody. I know every day when I open my eyes, payroll gotta get paid. I know every day when I open my eyes, the lights gotta, every day when I open my eyes, I, got, I gotta fight. And here's the crazy part. I got a couple belts already. I got a couple belts already. Like, if I put my belts up right now, that'd be like, Trap, you a champion. Like, Trap, you done accomplished something that nobody ain't never done. Like, Trap, you done did something nobody in your family ain't never done. But what happens when good enough ain't enough? What happens when good enough is good, but good enough ain't great? The problem is we cool with being good. Frazier was chasing greatness, but Ali said, I wanted more than you. It, at some point in your life, it ain't even about me being better than you. It's solely about me wanting more than you. A lot of time we focus on skill. A lot of time we focus on, oh, he taller. Oh, she taller. Okay, let me make that make sense, Jose. Let me make that make sense, Jose. Oh, he came from this. Oh, she came from that. Oh, this person helped him get this. Oh, this person, oh, they know them. Oh, they put them on. What happens when I just want it more than you and I don't care who put you on, you just ain't gonna outwork me? What, what happens when we, what happens when you ain't gonna read more books than me? What happens when, watch this, what happens when you ain't gonna take more losses than me? Because I'm cool with taking the losses because there's so much data in the, okay, what happens when I stop blaming my setbacks? Okay, let me, let me make it make sense. Let me make it make sense. What happens when I don't blame it on going to jail for 10 years for attempt murder on robbery? What happens when I say, because I went to jail for 10 years, I'm going to get it anyway? Okay. What happens when you say, you're going to, watch, this is going to hurt. This is going to be a little sensitive. What happens when you no longer let, because you was molested, be the reason why you ain't going after what you want to go after? What happens when you no longer let, because, because I had everything handed to me? I, what happens when you stop letting the criminal background? What happens when you stop letting the person that broke your heart? What happens when you stop letting the white man? 
racism? What happens when I when the bell rang, bing, bing, I'm scratching? What happens? Thrill in Manila. Ali got up, Frazier said he just wanted it more than me. Now I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something that's really important about that. God bless both of their souls. If you go look at the interview with Frazier and Ali, that haunted Frazier the rest of his life. That haunted Frazier. Jose, I watched the interview. When they talked to Frazier about that, he just put his head down. You know why? Because he knew that man across from him had just a, he wanted it just a little. What happens when what you say in your mind and what you say in your heart when it's met with the opposition, you say, I ain't got it in me. What happens when you got it? What happens, y'all? I'm, I'm going to just keep it 100. When you telling everybody the stuff you want out of life, it sound good. Like you got the plan mapped out. It, you Look, it makes sense. But every day you got to get up. And in round 15, round 15, five more, what, five minutes? Three minutes? Three minutes. Round 15, the humidity, Frazier said it felt like death. He said my legs was hot, my drawers were soaking wet, my gloves were soaking wet, I couldn't breathe, my heart was beating fast, I couldn't see, it was blurry. Ali said the same thing, but Ali stood up. Sometimes all you got to do is stand up. Sometimes it don't require nothing more than you standing up. But sometimes standing up is every, sometimes, sta sometimes just standing up is every, sometimes just standing up is getting you to the finish line. Sometimes just standing up gonna take you, sometimes just standing up gonna make you better than everybody else. Sometimes just standing up. Frazier couldn't stand up. And he died. God bless his soul. He will go down as one of the greatest boxers of all time. But watch this. Ali is one of the greatest. There's a dip. There's levels. Like, like there's A tier. And, it, and it's cool. Like everybody going to acknowledge the B tier. But there's, there's an A tier. There's, there's another tier. So when you look at your family roster, I want to ask you a question. Where you at? You A tier? You B tier? Where you at? A hundred years from now, we ain't gonna never forget Muhammad Ali. He gonna always has, he always gonna, he always gonna be in the debate. Question, when you gone, are you still gonna be in a family debate? Are they still gonna talk about you? Like, I ain't even, I'm talking about going from acquiring wealth. I'm talking about from acquiring, I need you to go to legacy mode. What it, what it, you got to get up in the 15th round to go to legacy mode. You got to get up when you don't want to to go to legacy mode. Like, you got to get up 
It got to be bigger than you when we talk in legacy mode. It got to be, yo, I'm changing not just myself. I'm ch- like, I leave mine. I knew he said, all I got to do is get up and I'm going to change. I'm going to rewrite history if I get up. Legacy mode. Legacy mode. Trapping Tuesday, episode 59. We talking, le- Jose, we should have named this some legacy mode. Ooh! Legacy mode. What's good, fatties? Episode 59, everybody. Let's clap for that, Jose. Now, we got a special guest in the building tonight, man. Somebody I've really been building with, my guy, man. Deezus, what's up, brother? How you feeling? Got my brother in the building tonight, man. Glad to have him in. You feel me? We got a good episode tonight. We're going to call tonight the technicals. Listen, man. Jose, we got 1,500 people in the chat already. Let's get the likes up right quick. Uh, let's like it. Let's share it. Let's send this out. Tonight going to be one of them ones. I'm telling y'all, bring your pen and the pad. I might go to the whiteboard a couple times tonight. I might go to the whiteboard a couple times <sighs> tonight. Episode 59, man. We got a goddamn tour going on. Dad, of September 12th. Next week, we be there. September 12th, we be there in Dallas. We gonna turn up. Hey, them Dallas tickets going too. Them Dallas tickets going. I don't know why. We we felt like Dallas was gonna be one of them ones. So Dallas, September 12th, next Tuesday, we be there. Let's go, man. Let's let's get the likes up. Let's comment. Let's go, man. Let's get to it, man. Hey, check it. If you on the Instagram live right now, I need you to come to the chat. On a YouTube live, I need you to come to the Wall Street Looks Like Us Now Network. Trapping Tuesdays. Bring your pen. Bring your pad. I got a blueprint for y'all tonight because September is the worst month in the trading year. And I got a blueprint for us tonight. And if you follow the blueprint, I guarantee we're going to navigate you through the choppy waters, man. So when you get in the chat, let me know we here. Trap salute. I'm going to see y'all. All right, man. How we feeling? Jose, how you feel? Man, we trapped. All right, all right, all right, all right. No, no. No. George, how you feel? Ooh, we got Gindy in the building. Gindy, how you feel? Hey, bro, you know what's crazy? My whole team, they got these little headphones on, y'all. And ever since we bought these headphones, bro, I don't, they been acting like they on CBS or something. <laughs> they been like they on CBS since we got these goddamn headphones in the building. B, how you feel? Good, bro. B feeling good. Bill feeling good. Dave, how you feeling? <laughs> Dave had a little clap with it. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Today, how you feel, bro? <laughs> I love my team, man. I wouldn't be where I'm at without them, man. Let's get into it, man. Tonight's episode is brought to you other than, by none other than... The Recession Tour, man. The Recession Tour is dedicated to help you build legacy. That de- the Recession Tour is dedicated to helping you have a blueprint on how to navigate through the market. We've had four successful cities with two more to go. Let me see y'all in the chat. The chat popping already, Jose. They, they popping in the chat, man. I like that. All right, man, let's go, man. Y'all know how we start off each and every week. Jose, I'm not going to lie, bro. I'm, I've, been, I've been excited every week when we do the mantra. I've been excited to see how the people have been responding. 
like the they've been like blowing me away with the the whole kind of like they know it by heart. I'm starting to feel like the people they they're embodying it. I feel like they're embodying it. You know what I'm saying? So let's let's get to it, man. I, and this is what we stand for. So let's get to it, y'all. Right? Like I am a certified Wall Street trapper. I'm confident in my ability to make great investments. The stock market is a machine that prints money, and I am more than capable of operating this machine. Not only will I free myself, but my family will eat for a lifetime based on the information I apply today. I'm a money maker and a well builder. Today I break all the chains that anchor me to that poverty mindset. My ancestors will smile now because I have turned my last name to an asset. Jose, that's my favorite part. And that's my favorite part because we know that a lot of people have sacrificed, have suffered, and have endured for that last name. Now, we know for a fact that this ain't the original last name, but because it is now placed upon us, it is our obligatory duty. Jose, you heard that word? You heard that word? You heard me pull that one out? It is our obligatory duty to turn that last name to an asset. My family's purchasing power will increase indefinitely. Today I make the declaration that no longer will I be a slave to money. No longer will the generations behind me inherit lack. No longer will I submit to selling my time for money. I am a first-generation millionaire. I am the architect of my family's legacy. I am a certified Wall Street trapper, and Wall Street looks like us now. Let's go, man. We in one of them modes tonight, Jose. Jose, we in one of them modes. When I start using words like obligatory, God. That one just came out, too. You can tell I've been reading. I've been reading, Jose. All right, man. Shout out to the Patreon group, man. We done put a couple plays in right now. We're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to call tonight the technicals. And the reason why we're going to do something a little different tonight, we're going to see a lot of stats. And then what we're going to do with those stats is we're going to put those stats in motion. We're going to make it all make sense. Because one of the things I realized is that on this journey... We watch CNBC, we watch Bloomberg, and we get lost. And so the goal of Trapping Tools is to make this game not only playable, but winnable. Winnable. We make it winnable by understanding the numbers. So let's start off with our word on the street. This is our first segment of the show. Everything was down today. Everything was down today. Now, let me say something right quick. 148 stocks on the S&P was up. 385 stocks were down. Now, we already know that August and September are the worst months. August and September are the worst months. We finished August down 1.5%. The first trading day of September, and now the second trading day of September are all down. 
are all down. Now, of course, they'll have a couple of stocks that'll be up and down, but we're talking about the majority. We're talking about a whole index. The S&P represents one index. The NASDAQ represents another index. And the Dow Jones represent an index. They were all indexes finished down or lower today. But I want to show y'all something right quick. Let's get the whiteboard out right quick. I'm going to out the gate. I'm going to out the jump. I want to show y'all something how you can truly understand how this game is played. So watch this. We're going to go to the whiteboard right quick. Dave, go to the whiteboard up right quick. Let me show y'all something. I want y'all to see this. Whiteboard moment out the gate. Whiteboard moment out the gate. Where my pen at? We got him? Turn me on. All right. Let's light up right quick. All right, so here's what I want to show y'all right quick. So here's how you measure. I did this on purpose, and I want us to see this because once we see this, we can measure how the market is really moving. Watch this. The first, hold on, I'll write back. First trading day of September was last, what, Friday, right? So that's how we're going to keep, in my mind, this is how we put the point, this is how we know of the plug charging us too much, we're going to put points on the pack. This is how we know if he's charging us too much, or this is how we know if we're in a drought. Watch me, y'all. So the first trading day, the S&P on September was 45.20. The NASDAQ was at 14046 and the Dow was at 34865. So watch this, y'all. I'm going to show y'all something right quick. I'm going to help y'all out. So this is why I told y'all it's important for us to do something. I said it's important for us to lock in on the first trading day of the month. Because if we lock in on the first trading day of the month and we see, if we check out what these basis points are, let me give y'all an idea so y'all can see. One thing I'm going to do is teach us. My goal is to teach us. All right, so the basis points, when you see the S&P and you see the numbers on the side, that's this right here. When you see the NASDAQ and you see the numbers on the side, you see the Dow Jones, you see the numbers on the side, just ask yourself this question. This represent how they know if the, the, the index is going up or down. These are the points on the pack for us. These are the points on this how you know. This how we know if it's a drought. Uh, this how we know if the trap jumping. Right? This how we know if it's a drought. Now watch this. So watch this. Watch this. Today, the S and P finished at forty. 496. All right, so what that tells us? That tells us from the from the first day, the first trading day to today, it has declined. That means he done took some points off the pack. Watch this. So that means this index has gotten a little cheaper. 
Now, mind you, if we go back to the beginning of August, we'll see that the NASDAQ, it was down 1.6. So watch this. The NASDAQ opened at 14.046. It ended today at 14.020. So what that mean? That tell us the NASDAQ down too. It done got cheaper. So watch this. This is what we do know. If it was already down 1.6 from August, that means now from the first day of September to now it's down, it done got a little cheaper. Am I making sense? I'm making sense? I'm making sense, bro. You with me? <laughs> Let's go. So watch this. The Dow Jones, the Dow Jones was at 34,865. It ended today at 34,641. So that tells us it's not a, it's not like an all-out drought, but we do know somebody done interrupted the shipment. That's what we know. We, because they're all cheaper. Now, here's what I do know. An OG once told me this. You make more money in a drought. An OG once told me this. You make more money in the drought. Why? Because the only person with the work can charge more. Okay. Okay. Oh, now, how does that benefit us? It benefits us because now we understand that because these indexes are already down 1.6%, the S&P is down, I think, 1.7% in total. I forgot what the Dow is down. Now that tells us if we already in a negative with the first two trading days, these two indexes are at least 2% cheaper than they were in what? We'll come before August, July. So as of September 5th, we know that these two indexes are at least cheaper now than they were in July. B, that make sense? Let me know if that makes sense if we're in a... <laughs> Jose, we starting out the gate? Hey, Jose. I just flamed their ass, Jose. I just flamed them. So we know right now, we know right now that S&P and the NASDAQ are at least, at, le at bare minimum, one, let me see what the percentage is today. I'm going to show you all today. So watch this. The S&P is 0.42% decline a day, and the NASDAQ was 0.08%, almost an 8. All right, so watch this. This at least put us at 1.8%, and this at least put us at 1.7%. So they at least almost 2% cheaper now than they was in July. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. So now when they tell us, all we got to do now is say, okay, man, I hope this is making sense to y'all. All we got to do now is say, trap, this is what the S&P started at in September. This is what the NASDAQ started at in September. All I got to do is take track of these numbers. So now, let's say, let's say by mid-September, let's say this number now is at 40 420. We know what is on sale. Now watch this. Let me show y'all something gangster. Let me show y'all something gangster right quick. In September, on average, 
the average stock in September gives up 1.3%. The average stock in the S&P 500 in September gives up 1.3%. Now, let me make that make sense to you. If we already down 1.7% and then we give up another 1.3%, that now puts us at what? Minus 3%. Now, let me get a little deeper. <laughs> let me get a little deeper. Let me get a little deeper. Jose, watch this. I'm trying to, I told him I'm going to give him the blueprint to make some money. The only thing I can't teach you how to do in this game is how you respond to when you see your account going to red. I don't care how solid somebody is, Jose. The one thing I can't do is go in the interrogation room with you. You could be a shooter. You could be a gangster. You could be, but when you go in the interrogation room, the minute you say, man, all I know is they got you. At that point, I know I better get the best lawyer I could get. So the, <laughs> so the only thing, the only thing I can't teach you how to do is how to respond when you're accounting the red. But I can present you with some information to help you get through this. So let me show you something. Let me show you something. Watch this. Every year, we get three corrections. Every year we get three corrections. A correction is when the stock market pulled back anywhere between 8 to at least 12%. Every year we get three of these. We got one so far in February to March, and it gave us 9% pullback. So let's make this make sense. Let's make this make sense. Let's make this make sense. Every year, we get three corrections on average. So we might get two. We might get two, but on, on average, we get three. So what does that mean, Trap? That means if we have 10 years, if we count 10 years, at least six of the 10 years, we're going to get three of them. So don't come say, well, Trap, we only get two. We talking about on average. All right, so watch this. Watch this. So we already got one. We got one in February and March. It gave us a 9% correction. That was when the banks flattened and the banks went crazy. Everybody got scared. Watch this. And we already know that August and September are the worst two months. So it's a good chance, not saying it's going to happen, but we talking probabilities now that this could be the month that we do what? Get this pullback. Okay, trap. How can we make this? Watch this word about it. First, Jose, the first word I used was obligatory. Watch this word about the pullout, Jose. Watch the word. Watch the word. What? How do we make this quantifiable? <laughs> hey, I'm in my... I'm in my uh, uh, Bill Not a Science Guy bag. I'm in my Bill Not a Science Guy bag right now. I'm in my Bill Not a Science Guy bag right now. Uh, if, if you listen to me right now, you'll think I passed the SAT. 100%. You'll think I passed it. You'll think I passed it, but I ain't got nothing but a GED. 
got that thing in Louisiana State Penitentiary. I got that thing in Louisiana State Penitentiary. All right, so check this out. Watch this. Trap. Why, is, why, does, why do we have a good chance at that happening? Okay, so watch this. We know that the third week of September is triple witching. So, to all my new people, tra trap, what, what the heck is that? I ain't never heard about that before. I ain't never, ain't never heard about that before. Okay, so this is, this happens every three months. At the end of the month, this is when all of the uh, funds sell out their options, sell off their futures, and everything readjusts. Balance. They balance out. What is this? Why? Well, trap. Why does that? Well, because there's a lot of selling going on. There's a lot of rebalancing going on. It now makes the market do what? Fall or increase volatility. So options going to expire. Futures going to expire. All of that's going to expire. So because that spot expires. It adds more volatility into the market. Watch this. What happens when you get a bunch of billion dollars? I said a bunch of billion dollars. What happens when we get billions of dollars exiting the market? While the market is already in the negative territory, it now causes what? The market to go down. That gives us balance. If that gives us balance, watch this. Watch this. What do you think happens when people see the market going down? More people sell. All right, let me, let me make this. If I hear a gunshot, boom. If I, I don't even got to hear the gunshot. If I see Brandon running, I see George running, it's a good chance I'm not going to ask no questions. I'm going to just start running. And I'm going to catch up with B and say, B, why are you running? <laughs> My dog start laughing. <laughs> you feel me? That's how the market go. Oh, B selling? George selling? I'm about to sell too. And then I'm going to sell first and then say, hey, why are we selling? Now, that brings us back here. Jose, we teaching tonight? Man, Tootie about to put the thing up and say, hurry up. I know it. That brings us back here, y'all. Why does this make sense? Because now, all we got to do is pay attention to these, and we can know how far the market has fell. Y'all with me? If we can understand how far the market has fell, trap, you telling me all that, but how do I make sense? How do I execute on that? Okay, let's go here. Golly, man. Let's go here. This is why we need to, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. This is why you need a This is why you need a watch list. On your watch list, you need at least 10 stocks. 
Why do I need 10 stocks, Trap? So here's what I want you to do right now. Here's what I want you to do tonight. I want you to find 10 stocks, and I want you to put, let's just say you put Apple. I want you to write whatever the price is right now. I want you to put that price on it. On all 10 of your stocks. So now, once you write your 10 stocks down, the first thing I want you to write down is why, why you want to own it. Don't even matter. It don't got to make sense to me. It got to make sense to you. Why do you want to own it? What's positive about it? What's negative about it? Now watch this. I want you to write your 10 stocks down. And the first thing I want you to do is take 10% away from it. And I want you to take 5% away from it. What that mean, Trap? Yo, I'm giving game right now, Jose. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down app, write your 10 stocks down. And then I want you to say, what is 189 minus 10%? And then I want you to put what's 189 minus 5%. Trap, why do you want me to do that? Well, because we already said that on average, we're going to get a 3 to 12% discount three times a year. We already down about 1.5% to 2% from September day one. Watch this. So if we can write down our 10 stocks, and now we write down the two prices, what we can now do is, when we have quadruple winching, and three of our stocks get in our price range, we already know what to buy. We don't got to search no more. That make sense? So now we not, oh, this stock on sale, that stock on sale. You put 10 stocks on your watch list, you minus 10% from where it's at right now, 5% from where it's at right now, and you say, yo, if it fall in that price range, I'm snatching. Why? Because September gonna give me a good opportunity. I ain't even talking about you saying, trap, I gotta do the, the evaluation like you. I don't need you to be trapped. I need you to be you. I need you to get in position. Doing this puts you in position. It's like being on a boat and you got your fishing net. You just waiting for the opportunity. But they got somebody who on a boat that already got their net in the water. They got some bait in the net. And when the fish come, they going to snag it. It's a difference. Both people on the water. Both people got the net. One person in position and one person getting ready. I can promise you the person that's in position going to catch more fish. Ooh. Ooh. Here's what I need you to do. Right, so 10 stocks down, minus 10%, minus 5%. September, you just sit back and wait. Every day, you just check. Every day, you just check and see, okay, I bet. I can promise you one of your 10 stocks going to fall in position. You know why? Because today, 185 S&P stocks are up, but 364 of them are down. I can promise you Two out of your, all 10 of your 10 ain't up today. I can promise you, if all 10 of yours up today, hey, you on a hot streak, you need to go put a parlay in. You got it. You got it. Go put a good, but I can promise you, if two, at least seven of them in this 365, 
And I can promise you by the end of this month, at, at least two or three of them gonna fall in your price range. All right, man, let's go. God damn. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, ain't another show like Trapping Tuesdays, man. Damn. Woo. Get some trap juice, man. Trap juice required. Trap juice required. Jose, how we feel about that? Now, we got 2,500 people in the chat. We got 2,500 people in the chat. Man, shout out to BG just came home. Shout out to Original Hot Boy. He just came home. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Let's get into it. All right, so today, look at this, y'all. This is something we ain't seen in a while. Watch this. We're going to get to our heat check. Our heat check, we had 2 million, 2.9 million calls, 3.1 million puts. Now, here's what we do know about the heat check. Anytime, anytime our heat check ratio is over one, that tells us that the market is being fearful. Today, our heat check margin was 1.8. We haven't seen that in a while. We haven't seen that in a while. That tells us that the market is being fearful. That puts us on a cord for where we going at. Let's go a little further. Here's our heat check. Here's our heat map. Let's look. Tesla was up today. Date trap was booming. Microsoft, oh, watch this. If you go look in your top 10, in your top 10, so most of you probably gonna have Microsoft, Apple, NVIDIA, Google, Meta, Tesla, Amazon. Y'all ain't gonna have them all together. Look, look. Everywhere. It's bloody. It's hot out there. Them folks is, them folks is, in New Orleans, it's Tuesdays and Thursdays. I don't, I don't know what it's like in Alabama. I don't know what it's like in Atlanta. I don't know what it's like in NY. But in New Orleans, it's Tuesdays and Thursdays, we call the jump out boys. Hey, bro, I don't need my hustle. I'm going to keep it real with you. If you go to jail in New Orleans on a Tuesday and a Thursday for hustling, like people be like, bro, don't even call my phone. You stupid. You, we, <laughs> what is you doing out there? You know them people out there. They got all kind of traps set up. <laughs> what you doing? You know, you know flat topping may feel them out there. Why you hustling? All right, let's go a little further. All right, fear and greed index. The market still had a little greed. Not a lot, but a little. It come a long way from, remember, we was at 82 a couple weeks ago. You feel? We was at 82 and 79. We had 56. It tells us it tells us that the market is shifting. It tells us that the market is shifting. Let's go a little further. All right, so watch this. So this caught me off guard. This caught me off guard. This caught me off guard. Beyonce, Barbie, and Taylor Swift is making America great again. <laughs> Look at this, y'all. We have not seen an explosion in the economy like this in so long. Here's why. Watch this. 
We are in an economic time where, where people are really holding on to money, right? But these three iconic events have generated $8.5 billion in you. We just talking three, we talking Taylor, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, and Barbie have stimulated the economy. That's crazy. Why? Because America is a what? Consumer economy. So watch this. The more people are spending money, the more the economy booms. Taylor Swift, Barbie, and Beyonce, BBT. <laughs> now watch this, Jose. Here's the bad part about that. If you took credit card spending away, the economy would fall. You know why? Because watch this. 76% of Americans have depleted their savings and they're living off the credit card. You take the credit card away, people are in trouble. But I know people that have been to four Beyonce concerts. I ain't mad at you, though. Like, get your bag, B. Like, I ain't. One thing about me, bro, I don't get mad at people for spending their money. You spend your money how you want to spend your money, but just know, just know, just know, just know, when you... I'm in a bind, Nate. Some other just, time. Just know, just know, B ain't bailing you out. Just know, when you in a bind, Taylor Swift ain't bailing you out. One is enough. I, bro, I know people that have been to four concerts. I'm like, damn, how much Beyonce you want? How many times you go watch Blue Ivy on that stage? I ain't mad. You, you can't talk to that beehive, though, bro. You can't talk. They do. Look, listen, I looked at the tickets, Jose. There's a part called, um, what's the name of the album? What's the name of the album? I'm looking at Gindy like he know. What's the name of the album, B? Man, in the chat, what's the name of the album? What's the name of the album? I'm about to see the recession tour. I'm tripping. Uh, Renaissance. There's a part in the thing called the Renaissance Concert. It's, it's the middle of the show. Yo, B, cold. B got to be the greatest entertainer next to Tina Turner and Michael Jackson. Entertainer-wise. I ain't talking about, like, dancer or nothing. I'm talking about like for what she can bring out. She gotta be. You think? What do you think? Michael Jackson, Tina Turner? Tina Turner was savage. We don't give Tina her props. Bro, she was 70, packing the stadium. Man, shout out to Tina Turner, goddamn. With the stocking, with the, she ain't changed her look. Big hair. Damn. We still watch What's Love Gotta Do It from time to time. That's a once a year movie. Once a year. All right, man. You said it's called Club Renaissance. Club Renaissance. That's the name of it. It's a whole, bro, it's a whole little, like, about 2,500 to 3,000. It's a club. Like, no seats. They got a bar. You just turned up. I say be cold-blooded. Then she got another section called the Beehive section. 
Bro, she cold-blooded at marketing. I wanna, I wonder if, anyway. Let's go a little further, man. Write it in the notes, man. All right, so watch this. Here's what I just learned. I learned that the marijuana industry is the sixth largest uh, money market in the economy. So number one is corn. Number two is soybeans. Number three is hay. Number four is wheat. Number five is cotton. And number six is marijuana, weed. Crops with the biggest wholesale harvest value in the U.S. in 2022 in billions. Corn, soybeans, hay, wheat, cotton, and marijuana. So here's my thing about marijuana, Jose. I don't think that, I think that, I think that, I think it's going to be a hard time legalizing it all the way around the board if you're a stock owner. So I, a lot of, you can sell, like there's a lot of the legal, um, you know, like the joints popping up where you can sell it for the, whatever purposes. But here's what I be thinking. If you legalize it all the way around the board on the federal level, what happens to the people in jail who went to, what happens to the people who went to prison for marijuana? You gotta let them out. And I think that, I, I think that's the sole reason why I don't think marijuana stocks gonna ever do what we think they're gonna do. Since 2018, at least to 2016, we've been like, yo, marijuana stocks, marijuana stocks, marijuana stocks. They go through a segment where they'll pop for a little bit, but they never really like run. And I think, I think, I think we need to, I think we need to like give up on that. I don't think that's ever gonna come into fruition like we think it is. Not from the stock perspective. I don't think so. I think that I think that it's too much tied into it. I don't think it'll ever give us, like Cannabis Group, Aurora Cannabis, IIPR, I don't ever think they're going to give us what we think they was going to. I think it was a lot of hype around it. It boomed. But I don't ever think it's going to, I don't ever think it's going to like I don't think we're going to wake up one day and it's like 100%. Like, it, it's not going to run like that. So, my thing, if you hold it, don't, it shouldn't be, yeah, we're going to flush the marijuana stock. Flush the marijuana stock. Don't hold it like that. Go a little further, man. All right, so watch this. I told y'all, this episode, we're going we're gonna to get into more, more of statistical concepts tonight because I want y'all to understand that the market is pivoting. And I want us to be able to acknowledge the pivot and play. So watch this. In the first half, information technology was up 42%. Communications was up 35%. And consumer discretionary was up 32%. Those were the leaders in the first half. Watch this. As we go to the second half, let's go a little further there. The second half, look at this. Energy is up 12%. Communication services is up 5%. And financials are up 2%. So, Trap, when you told us you're going to give us a blueprint, how, wh what does that look like for us? So, one of the things I like to do is I like to go look at paying attention to how the market is pivoting. Right? So, when we look at how the market is pivoting, we got to see 
we got to see how the market is moving and changing. Now, do I think that the technology industry is going to fall off a cliff? Nope. But what I do know is because there is uncertainty in the market, watch this. I got some stats for y'all right quick. Oil is above $88 a barrel. It hasn't traded above $90 a barrel since last November. And now Saudi Arabia just came out with a deal that they want to produce more oil cuts. Oil will go higher. And I wrote this down. Watch this. Higher oil prices mean higher oil stocks. Higher oil prices mean oil stocks will go up. We're seeing XLE go up. We're seeing OIH go up. We're seeing the oil drillers go up. We're seeing Exxon and Chevron go up. Halliburton go up. Schlumberg go up. We're seeing oil and energy go up. And this is why you see oil over the, the second half is the leading sector in the market. So what is my suggestion? So I'm not a fiduciary or financial advisor, but if you want to make a little pivot, I think you will find some place in the oil and industry sector. Now, only because we are now paying attention to what the oil and industry sector, watch this, I don't like to guess at the market, I like the market to tell me what it's doing and then I make the adjustments. The problem a lot of people have in this game is they do a lot of guessing. I'm not a guesser. I'm not a guesser. I'm more of a counterpuncher. I'm gonna see what the market doing and then I'll pivot, but I'm paying attention to the market. I need to see that the market is truly gravitating one way. And so this is what we see. Now, this one doesn't surprise me. Here's why financials don't surprise me. Because we saw the financials take a butt whoop in the whole first half. We saw about 42 banks fall off the cliff. We saw three big banks go bankrupt. Financials doing what? They got a bounce. Everything that goes down must come back up at some point. The, the markets are finding a little more confidence in the banking industry. Do what you want to do with that information. Let's go a little further. Jose, we got 2,500 people in the chat, man. I like it. I need you to share that. We need to get the likes up. Y'all know our average is about 3,000 people at the end by the show. Let's get the likes up, man. Oh, I want to say something, Jose. The people need to download. There's not, there's not 81 shows better than us on, on, on the, the audio version. There's not 81 shows better than us. So we need y'all to download that. We need y'all to share that. There's not 81 shows better than us. God darn it. All right, so watch this. The chips had motion last week. Jose, you like that Dorito bag? Steven in his bag. So watch this. Last week, SMH was up 5%. NVIDIA was up 5%. Broadcom was up 5%, um, 7%. And AMD was up 5%. Chip stocks went crazy last week. Now, something dope happened. Last week, Broadcom beat earnings, beat revenue. The stock went from 
879, I'm sorry, 902 to 932. And then fell off a cliff. It fell off a cliff. Now, I'm going to keep it 100. Once I saw it falling off the cliff, I was like, ooh, <laughs> I'm about to get some of this. And then it fell off the cliff even more. So I went and asked myself, like, damn, like, what happened? And what happened was the company did lower guidance a little bit. But here's why I got it, Jose. I got it because there's a deal with Broadcom and VMware. Now, Broadcom falls under what's called the Internet of Things. There is nothing that you can do on the Internet without having Broadcom. There's nothing you can do on the Internet. There's nothing. Like, you can't do nothing. They are the motherboard of the Internet. You can't do nothing without them. You can't do nothing without them. And so I bought some. Um, I think that, I think that, uh, I think, the, but the stock is up 60% year to date. The stock is up 60% year to date. One of the best performers in the game right now. Right? So I still love it. Um, I bought more of it at eight. I think I bought 55 or 60 shares at 870, 882. I bought like 60 shares. I posted on my ground. I bought like 60 shares at 882, something like that. It's now at 871. It fell down a little more. But here's what I do. I like it. I feel like it'll come back um, by at least by the end of the year. I think we can have it at 900. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. It's one of those stocks. It's kind of like Apple. It moves, it moves in silence, but when it moves, it moves in chunks. Right? So I definitely like that. So let's go a little further. Boom. Intel, Teradyne, Qualcomm, Skyward Solutions. These all went crazy last week. I will say that chip stocks, um, I think, I do think that the market is, I think NVIDIA has set such a precedent for the chip industry. I do think it will exhaust the AI. I think it'll keep momentum there, Jose, but I think it will also exhaust the momentum. Like, it'll, it'll keep it'll keep that industry booming because of the expectations of what NVIDIA is going to do. But I think that people will get fearful and they won't just rush into it like they were. That makes sense? All right, let's move a little further. I like that. Oh, Dave, before, wait, my bad. Let's do this right quick. And here's the motion. AMD, Intel, NVIDIA, all of them are increasing, well, except for Intel. Intel lost Apple. Intel lost Microsoft. So they are increasing in revenue. But everybody else is going crazy. AMD, NVIDIA, they're going crazy as far as performance. This dude increased his wealth by $38 billion this year, bro. I, I be needing people to understand this. This is why I love the stock market. This is why I love the stock market. Like the bet, like I'm not a stocks, I'm not a stocks or a real estate person. I'm a stocks and real estate person because they both fit the portfolio. And I think that's what people go wrong at. 
they try to debate the two. I think both are used, should be used for individual reasons. I think that real estate bar none gives you the best form of tax benefits. But I'll have a doubt. If you're trying to build wealth, you need to be, you need to be owning real estate. Like that's without a doubt. But also the way you can, like uh, I think it's called a 1031 exchange where you can just like buy the real estate, take the profits from it, move it to another one. You can keep like deferring the taxes on it. That's so dope. That's so amazing, right? What I love about the stock market is the barrier entry is so low with it and you can literally like increase your wealth at dramatic rates. You know what I'm saying? Like you can like ink. Think about this. This dude increases all by $38 billion in one year. He ain't did nothing. I'm, wait, let me rephrase that. He did a lot to his business. But what happened was because the stock price went from 200 to 500, his wealth catapulted. You feel me? Like that's how you move. Like when people be like, man, like when you see, well, Mark Zuckerberg added $12 billion to his wealth today. He, he was on a golf course chilling. But the stock went from, the stock bounced 3%. The stock bounced 5%. That's why his wealth did what it did. And the dope part about it is when the stock go down, look what they do. When the stock go down to a certain point, the company go does what's called a buyback. So they take company money, go buy more of the stock because it's cheap. The stock comes back up. His wealth then shot back up. I'm just saying, why not play the game? I might don't increase my wealth by $38 trillion, but I can definitely go up another six figures if yours went up. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I only want to play the game the way they playing the game. I don't got to like, create a new will, if that makes sense. You feel me? So I believe that everybody, I believe that everybody should play this game. Let's go a little further. All right, Dave, let's go to the recession portfolio right quick. We got to show the people something. We always, we always got to show the people what we doing. We got to show the people what we doing. All right, so here's the recession portfolio. Let's go to the next one first, Dave. Boom. So right now we are up 26% on a year. You remember this is just a recession portfolio, so I actively manage this. I actively uh, move stocks in and out of this. Last year, during the recession, we beat the market by 16%. We know that 92% of all funds and fund managers lost money. We beat the market by 16% in a deep recession. Find somebody on Instagram to talk about that. They probably can't. This year, the market's only up 15%. We up 26%, so we up about 11% more than the market. Clap for that. You know why? Because I understand that you don't have to be stuck. So I don't agree with people that say, like, you got to hold a stock for 20 years. I don't agree with that. Because stocks, anything can happen. Meaning new management can come in. I think you should have an outlook saying, yo, this is a good company. It should be able to perform for this amount of time. But I think you should pay attention because there'll come a time you may have to switch that company out with another company. Watch this right quick. Dave, go to that last slide where it got Warren Buffett portfolio. I want to show you something right quick. All right, watch this. This is a prime example. So in 2012, Warren Buffett, now this is what? This is 10 years. I used a 10-year comparison, right? In 2012, Warren Buffett had a net worth of $75 billion. In 2022, 10 years later, 
He has a network of $299 billion. What happened in them, 12, in them 10 years? Well, let's look at what happened in his portfolio, just in these top stocks. So at one point, Wells Fargo, in 2012, Wells Fargo, Coca-Cola, IBM was his big three. That was his big three. In 2022, it's Apple, Bank of America, Chevron. So out the gate in a 10-year time span, he done reorganized his top three. Then his top four, he got Coca-Cola and over here he had Amex, but then he went Coca, he went Apple, Bank of America, Chevron, Coca-Cola. In 2012, he was Wells Fargo, Coca-Cola, IBM, Amex, others. Now, this is the greatest investor of all time. Right now, I'm not saying he don't still own Coca-Cola. He don't still own IBM, but he switched positions. Bank of America, American Express is down to 7.5 percent. And at one point he had at 11 percent. What is he doing, y'all? He's moving and altering. That's what you got to do. You got to be willing to pay attention to the game and say, OK, it's time to move. It's time to pivot. It's time to shift. Now, here's what I do. I have different portfolios that do different things. I do have a long-term portfolio, but for me, that's three to five years. You know why? Because one, one year, Toys R Us was the biggest, biggest toy seller in the world. The next year, they were bankrupt. That happened in a two-year time span. It went from, I don't want to grow up, I'm a Toys R Us kid, to, I don't see no more giraffe commercials. Gone. It went from making a blockbuster night to, ain't no more. It went from Macy's, Sears, and Roebuck being the biggest company in America to being a $2 stock. What happens is, under the hood, you don't see what's under the hood. All you see is the commercials. So you still thinking, hey, what happened to Sears? You ain't know the whole while they declining. What happened to Macy's? Man, they declining. Warren Buffett said, I ain't going to never own no technology stock. Then what happened? It, now, in 2023... Apple makes up 42% of his portfolio. You know why? Because time changes, company changes, you need to change. So for me, I got one portfolio that's three to five years. I'm, I'm, let, I'm good. In that three-year time span, I'm looking at it. If it's still good, I'm keep moving. I got the Roth IRA. I ain't touching that till 59 and a half, tax purposes only. Then I got the recession portfolio that I'm actively managing every year. And then I got the options portfolio. Then I got the dividend portfolio that we're going to start building. You feel me? Every portfolio has to have a different identity. Golly, man. Jose, this is a good episode. We're going to teach on it tonight. How you feel, bro? We good? All right, good. What's good, King? What's your name? How you doing, brother? Glad you came, man. I appreciate y'all, man. I love it. I love it. All right, Dave, let's go back. All right, so... Again, the market up this year, 15%. We up 26%. We beat the market by right at 11%, depending on that. That much is good. I'll take 11%. Jose, but I said something. I said something, Jose. When I beat the market five years in a row, they got to put me up there. I'm keeping it real. We need a plaque. Once we beat the market five years in a row, Jose, they got to put me up there. Man, stop playing. All right. 
Go to further, Dave. All right, so here's the recession portfolio. Y'all know I'm always about showing y'all what's going on. Uh, ATRK, we up on that today. Uh, it gave back almost $1,000. CELH, Cellulose, the energy drink. Y'all know that was my sleeper. It's been, <laughs> it's been going crazy. So people always ask, Trap, this company has a lawsuit. What do you think? And I always say, name a company on the stock market that doesn't have a lawsuit pending. Every company has one pending. Costco, y'all know that's my baby. Uh, Crocs, I just can't, I can't. I'm going to wind up, I'm going to be real with you. At the end of the year, if Crocs don't move, that's going to be the one I probably get off of for tax loss purposes. Put those losses, tax loss harvesting. Tell my CPA about that. We'll write that off. We'll add that to our loss. Eli Lilly, y'all know we're going to hold that for a minute. Lockheed Martin today gave up $400. Facebook gave us $300 a day. NVIDIA gave us $58 a day. Trucking company, SAIA, damn, it gave us $2,000 a day. We still to the plus. TPH gave us $300 a day. VTRs, as you can see, 11 stocks. We only down on one. I will take that any day of the week. I promise you, if you go to your 401k, if you go to your fund manager and you tell them, show you the stocks in your portfolio and you compare it to the recession portfolio, I promise you, they ain't messing with trap. Y'all really good at this. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm saying I'm really good at this because what happens is you have to become the thing you say you want to be great at. You have to become it. Why is LeBron so good? Well, he's, whether you like him or not, he spends a million dollars a year just on nutrition and exercise. He becomes the thing that, why was Kobe so good? Because when he lost the championship, he went shot a thousand shots the same night. Why was Floyd so good? Whether you say he picked his fights or not, guess what? He walked around in ready to fight, wait, and he always doing, he do what he got to do. You feel me? Like you have to become the thing that you say you want to be great at. Yo, I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I don't watch, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Every TV in my house when I go to, when I turn it on, it's either on CNBC or my daughter got it on something she won't watch. I don't either watch nothing else. Know why? Nothing against sports. I love, I'm a man. We love sports, but in my mind, them people already living their dream. I'll watch the first half of the game and be like, all right, I'm straight. I'm being real. Like, I'll watch the first half of the game and be like, that'd be good. And I'll be good. You know why? Because everybody on that TV already living their dream. That dude been playing football since he was probably kitty football. Now, what I will watch is a whole tennis match. Tennis keep me excited. People living their dream, bro. This is mine. And I like teaching people how to make money. All right, let's go a little further, Dave. All right, so, all right, so here's the options plays we put in. Uh, as we can see, I think this year we up so far. I should have put the realized gains on there. So this year we up probably 260,000. Uh, we did take, I did take the 40,000 from here. This is a gym, Jose. It's a gym. I took 40,000 from my options portfolio and went purchased the Broadcom shares last week. So that took some of my gains down. 
I went and took 40, it was 47,000 or 44,000. I went and saw how much it cost, and then I took it, transferred it, transferred it, and I took 40,000 from here and added it to go buy the Broadcom shares. I used profits to buy positions. Ooh. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why. Because, I'm gonna be real, I don't like using my money to go buy new positions if I got money to use profits. So, uh, but we enter two new positions right here. I can't tell y'all what they are. If you're in a Patreon group, you know what they are. I gotta give y'all three weeks of this before I can expose it. But we down on one, we down on the other one. We all right with that. Y'all know I don't care being down a little bit. Um, it's part of the game, y'all, it happens. But these are the option plays. They're gonna turn out for us. If they don't, you know, I don't mind showing you that I, I publicly take L's every now and then. I'm going to win more than I lose. Uh, so here's two option plays. We in. If you're in the Patreon, this is what we in. You get the plays. It's all good. Definitely shout out to the Patreon team for sure. Shout out to the Patreon members. Y'all know we getting bread over here. Uh, we, probably, we probably done hit on seven of our last seven trades. <laughs> so let's go, man. Let's go a little further. All right, watch this. What did August do for his jobs? We got more healthcare jobs. We got more leisure and hospitality jobs, more social assistant jobs, more construction jobs. Let's go a little further. 187K more jobs, but watch this. The unemployment rate rose by 3.8%. Trap. Why is that? Now, watch this, y'all. Believe it or not, a rising unemployment rate is actually good for the economy. It's an oxymoron, right? It's an oxymoron. It's an oxymoron. Right? It's kind of like saying, I want to use hot ice. Right? Like it, 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 it doesn't make sense, but it's the truth. You feel me? Here's how that goes. All right, so this one gonna be, this one gonna kind of be, uh, this kind of gonna be, I need y'all to pay attention to this one. All right, I gotta write this down as I, as I said, because I, I, I gotta visualize it. All right, so watch this. According to the Fed, the more people without a job means the less money in circulation. Right? The less money in circulation means that interest rates can level off. Inflation, I'm sorry. Inflation can level off. I always, I always have a, I always got to make sure I say this right because I want us to understand why they want this to happen. So the more people we have laid off, the less people will spend money. The less people that spend money, the more money they can take out of the economy. Does that make sense? The more money out the economy, the more inflation can come down. Why does that make sense? We are now living, we are now in an economy that is living off of the residue of the pandemic. Jose, that's a, that's, a, that's a title, Jose. The residue of the pandemic. 
Watch this. Trap, why do we say the residue of the pandemic? Okay, during the pandemic, we printed $7 trillion in the economy. All right? So because we put $7 trillion in the economy, that then put a whole bunch of new money in the economy. That money wasn't accounted for. It came out of thin air. So because that money came out of thin air, it causes the price of everything to do what? Go up. Why did everything go up? Because there was new money. Because there was new money, what happened? The money that you already had lost value. Oh, we getting somewhere. Let me make sure my brother with me. You with me, bro? All right. So because the new money in the economy, it did what's called, it diluted the money that was already in the economy, meaning the money that you had in the bank lost value. How did how do we see that? Okay, because in 2019, if something cost a hundred dollars, in 2023, that same thing now cost at least $117. That's inflation. So if people don't have jobs, People don't do what? Wait, let me say this. If people, let me make this right. If people don't have jobs, people are not supposed to spend money. <laughs> we, know, we know one thing, that don't go that way. But if, when people don't have jobs, people are not supposed to spend money. If people don't spend money, then the Fed can then do what? They can bring down prices. The Fed in the meeting will always say this word, price stability. You will always hear the Federal Reserve say we are here for price stability. The goal is to always make things affordable for the American consumer. You and I are the American consumer. Now, here's the hard part about that. The hard part about that is this. The only way they gauge that off of inflation being between 2% and 3%. But 2% is the goal, right? So anytime you see inflation, you always hear the Fed say, we have to get to that 2%. We have to get to that 2%. We have to get to that 2%. Here's what makes this really, 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 really hard. Damn, this is a teaching mode right here. What makes this really hard is it's easier to go from 9% to about 5%. We can do that in chunks. We can do that by 75% rate hikes, we can, seven, um, three quarter percent rate hikes. We can do that by uh, half percent rate hikes. What happens now is because we're in that 5% range, every rate hike now puts the consumer in more of a strenuous position because now it's kind of like this. You ever, you ever had a screw and you screwing it, you screwing it, you screwing it, you screw it. When you first put it on, it's easy. You can then do it with your finger. It'll screw. But once you get closer to the washer, you need a little more wrist work. You need a little more, because you got to, now every time you, it gets, it makes, like, damn, that thing tight. It get, it get tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. Now what happens is the tighter they get, the more it impacts you and I as the consumer. Well, why, trap? 
because oh boy, I'm cooking. Brother, you with me right now? We, I, let's rock. All right, so now what happens is this. The closer we get to 2%, the harder it gets on us because now we need more people to not be working, but we still need more people to pay the inflated prices. Why? Watch this. Because we still have to gauge the products moving in the economy so we can now find a common ground for price stability. Let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. The hard part about that is this. The 2% model is a model that existed pre-pandemic. I think, I'm not an economist, but I think economist, that's the word, economist, my bad, my bad. I was on a roll with the words. I got to fix it. I'm not an economist, but I do think 3% should be the new norm. I think 3% and 3.5% should be the new norm. Why? Because, watch this, Jose. This is why we're going to get a little deeper. 3% should be the new norm because housing prices are now at a new norm. It now costs more to live in a house. The average rent right now is $2,000. Watch this. The average rent now is $2,000. Everything that it costs, the, the, I'm going to say this word, I'm going to say this phrase, the cost of goods, what it costs now to build a house is higher. Materials are higher. Wood is higher. Sheetrock is higher. Roofing material. The cost is now higher. But watch this. Wages aren't increasing at the rate of cost. So in order to get that down to 2%, you now are now putting a strut. You're putting an exhausted consumer in the more st stressful financial predicament. God, we cooking. I need my own goddamn on show on them people network, bro. Like, for real. All right, so now, because we already said that the average consumer is now depleted 76% of their savings, we came out with a stat about eight weeks ago that said three quarters of the people who have a 401k have already taken out $20,000. That means the American consumer is already? I'm in a bind, Nate. Some other time. So, to get that down to 2%, you're probably going to need the unemployment rate to get to about 5 to 6%. That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. So in my mind, instead of getting the unemployment rate to 5%, why not just set the new norm at 3 to 3.5% and let the American public now adjust to paying that? I would rather people pay more than not have no job at all. You feel me? I would rather people say, all right, gas a little high, but guess what? We're going to pay the gas anyway. 
Bread a little high, but I'm going to pay the bread anyway, rather than saying gas high and I can't afford it. Because watch this. The biggest bill that the average American have is household bill, the rent, the house mortgage. Right? If that's the biggest bill, and the next biggest bill after that is student loan debt for average American. So if housing and student loan debt is the two biggest bills that the average American pays, why do we want the average American now to lose the job to not now be able to afford to live in America? That don't make no sense to me. It don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. And at the same time, watch this, Jose. At the same time, medical expenses have increased. So, a person who's retired, now, household, student loan, medical. That is now taking away 99, 90 to 98% of the income. How do they survive in America? We need a new normal. Let the American people adjust to having 3% to 3.5% inflation. Let the banks now loan at a different rate and don't try to squeeze us to 2%. That's an old American standard. America has evolved. Watch this though. The, the US dollar, as of right now, is up 5%. The dollar has gotten stronger the Chinese economy has gotten weaker, the American people can adjust. A stronger dollar means it's harder now to trade goods. Not harder, but it's going to cost other countries more to trade goods in America. That's good for the American economy. I ain't the smartest, I ain't the, the brightest crayon in the thing. What's the thing going? The box. I'm not the brightest crayon in the box I ain't nothing but a hustler from the streets of New Orleans, but I do know one plus one equals two. That's what I know. And I know one thing. If it costs a little bit more for outsiders to come hustle in our hood, that means we got more profit in the hood. It costs a little more for you to hustle over here. You know why you want to hustle over here? Because we've trained the American people to do what? Spend money. We are trained to spend money. We are a consumer-based economy, bruh. All right, moving on. Just moving on. I was in a little, I was in a little, I was in a little something just now. I just want us to be better, man. Let's get the lights up, man. Let's get the lights up. Let's get the lights. Let's go a little further, Dave. All right, watch this. One of the jobs at August reports, private education help up. Uh, leisure, hospitality, goods and products, temporary help is down. Transportation and warehousing is down. Let's go a little further. Watch this. So far in August, this is what August did at the end of August. At the end of August, energy was up. Healthcare was flat. Technology was down 1.7. Banks was down 7%. Retail was down 5%. I'm just saying, 
we seeing the pivot happen in front of our face. I just want to show us, I just want to show us the stats so we can see how we go a little further. Let's go a little further, Dave. All right, watch this. The details are in the data. Watch this. Consumer spending is up. Personal income went up a little bit. Wages went up a little bit. Savings, it went up minor. So what is that saying? That's saying that we are now in the rate. Watch this. The American consumer has adjusted. That now connects to what we just talked about. It'll be easier to go from five to three than from five to two. Why? Because the consumer in the data is adjusting. We're adjusting. Let's go a little further, Dave. Okay, here we go. Dow Jones, month to date, down 4.3%. S&P, month to date, down 5.5%. NASDAQ, month to date, down 8.2%. Russell 2000, up to month to date. M to date, mean month to date, beginning of the month to date, down 8.6%. We talking about from the beginning of the month to the date at the end of August. Today down 1.5%, S&P down 1.5%, Nasdaq down 1.7%, Russell down 4.5%. We are on pace to what I talked about on the whiteboard, y'all. I be trying to tell them Jose the slides be for them, not for me cuz I got the data in my head. I don't even need to see them. But because we trappers, this present opportunity. So if we write those basis points down. Now we know what we're getting and what we're buying. I like when Jose said that's good. I like when Jose said that's good. Let's go a little further. We cooking. Let's go a little further. Watch this. The averages. So here's what I want you to understand. 100% of the energy stocks are above their 50-day moving average. What does that mean, Trap? Over the last 50 days, where have the stocks been trading at? I like to use the 50, the 120-day, and a 200-day moving average. One, every, this is rare that you see this. All 100% of the energy stocks are above their 50-day moving average. What does that tell us? That means the market is pivoting The market is pivoting. If you're in a Patreon, the, the, the play we put in today in the Patreon at the end of the day, I mean, the, the last leap option we put in, this is why this makes sense. All right? The materials is 50, 55% of materials are above the 50-day. 54% of tech stocks are above their 50-day. 48% of industrials are above their 50-day, and 48% of communications are above their 50-day. Watch this. When you understand the market is pivoting a certain way, you then understand how you can pivot with the market. I don't need to guess. All I need to do is pay attention. A lot of times what we are doing is we're trying to guess where the market is going or hope and guessing and hoping is not a strategy for success. 
identifying where the market is moving, identifying where the big investors are shifting. I like to call us, we are like, when you, you ever look at National Geographic, Jose, you ever see a whale or a shark moving, and then you see the little fish attached to it, right? Like, I don't got to be the shark. I can be the, the, the feeder fish. <laughs> I can be the feeder fish. I can eat how they eat. Let's go a little further, man. Watch this. The averages. Watch this. Uh, percent of stocks above the 200-day moving average. Watch this. Energy. Uh, now we're talking about the 200-day. Watch this. 87% of the energy stocks are above their 200-day moving average. Watch this. Only 54% of the, of the S&P 500 is above the 200-day moving average. What does that mean, Trap? That means in times of uncertainty, the market is now finding safety in energy. We call this the technicals because I wanted to show y'all more of data so we can connect the dots and how we can finish the year strong. Somebody said, where did I find the info? Is it, it's not confiled. I am an information junkie. I told you, you have to become what you want to be great at. There's a lot of reading. There's a lot of research. And there's a lot of looking. There's a lot of... I don't just consider myself one of the best in the game as a title to make people cheer me on. I consider myself one of the best in the game is because when you look at information, the deliverability of the information, the digestibility of information, and the accuracy of the information, I'm probably in the league of my own. And this is without a research team. Like the people on Wall Street got like, a 60-member research team. This is just me saying, nah, I ain't coming party today, fam. I got some research to do. This is me saying, I'm going to spend time with my daughter, I'm going to help her do the homework, and then I'm going to research. This is me saying, nah, I'm not going to go drinking because I'm not going to go smoke the hookah. I don't got nothing against nobody else. But what I'm saying is, this is the equivalent to me, this is the equivalent to Brian spending a million dollars a year on his being a great basketball player. This is the equivalent to me saying, I'm spending a million dollars a year on me being... Uh, 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 financially astute. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey. <laughs> B, you heard that? Astute. Financially astute, man. Hey. Jose, I hit him with four hard words today. I hit him with four words today. I let him not be reading. We hit him with obligatory. That was the one. We came out the gate firing shots. I came out the gate. That was a that was a uh, a heat check. It went in all net. Then then we came back with quantifiable. We came with economists. A little stuttered, has he? Then we said financially astute. Come on, bro. Come on, man. I'm in my bag. Duffel. Duffel, it's deep. <laughs> it's deep. It's deep. I'm gonna tell you what inspires me though, bro. I be watching, I gotta, I be watching Zig Ziglar. Bro, Zig be, Zig be, 
Zig be hitting you with these words in flow. You be like, damn, Zig, with the big glasses on. And he got a little rhyme with him. Like, Zig got that. Ah, ah, ah. All right, so let's get back to it. So 87% of the energy sector is above the 200-day moving average. 54% of the S&P 500. That now coincides with what? What we've been talking about when we said we're going to lay out the blueprint. I'm not telling you exactly what to do. I'm just saying here's what the data says, and I need you to connect the dots because I don't need you to blame me if nothing don't go right. Let's go a little further. All right, so watch this. Estimated earnings. Uh, I was looking at this to, uh, I want to say Saturday. So here's what we said. Q2 earnings, almost $54. Q3 earnings, and we're talking S&P 500 alone because these are the biggest 500. Watch this. They're saying Q3 earnings is going up. Q4 earnings are going up. But watch this. They're saying Q1 is estimated to decrease. But look at the jump. They're saying Q1 is estimated to decrease, but Q2 is estimated to make that pop again. So what does that mean? That means we may get the Santa Claus rally at the end of the year, fourth quarter. Watch this. Beginning of the first quarter of 2024, now we into the election year. Now we into the election year. And because we into the election year, we need to make adjustments. But here's what they're saying. By Q2, we're going to be on, we're making a big jump. So what we need to do now is say, okay, Q3, all right, Q4, we're going to see a run. That's that October, November, December. That's coming off the quad winching. Let's make, the, let's make the information tie in. Let's come off the quad winching. Why does Q4 do good? We expecting spending. Come on, man. Let's go a little further, Jose. We cooking tonight. All right, watch this. What does the U.S. and China mean to the rest of the world? So I just did a little research. The U.S. GDP was at 25 trillion versus China 8 trillion, but watch this. The U.S. made up 15% of the world GDP. China made up 18% of the world GDP because China's population trend is four times bigger than the U.S., bro. They is printing, they making babies over there. But I need you to understand that these are the two biggest economies in the world from spending and global GDP. Now, Here's a conversation that everybody been talking about. And everybody been near me said, asking this question, Jose. Trap, what do you think about bricks? Trap, what do you think about bricks? Trap, what do you think about bricks? So here's what I think about bricks. I'm going to keep it real with you. The American dollar still used 54% of all transactions. In July, transactions was up around the world 46%. Highs it has ever been as far as in one, one month. What does that mean? That means that the American dollar is still the strongest U.S. dollar, the strongest currency in the world. Now, here's what I always, I never understand. Listen, I live in America. Why would I want America 
to fall. I live here. I never understood that. Now, do I think America is uh, weird, to say the least? Of course it is. But what I will say is this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Republican nor Democrat. I'm for my people, and I want us to make some money. What I will say is there's a lot of things that we can learn if we just look at the blueprint of how America got how America is, I will say this, you, you go to China, there's a cap on what you can become. If you go to a, Russia, there's a cap on what you can do. What I will say is you could come to America or you could be born in America. Will you have to, listen, I'm a black man born in America. Racism going to be here. I found it here. It ain't going nowhere. But guess what? If I, if I, no longer use that as a reason why I cannot become what I want to become then I can be whatever I want to be. I can change my family's financial blueprint. Will it be easy? Nope. Will it be hard? Yes. Will there be adversity? Yes. Is it possible? Hell yeah. There are more wealthy black people in the world now than ever before. There's more people that look like us, talk like us, sound like us that are wealthy than ever before. We are 100% everything that our ancestors wished for. We have to take sole control of that. We have to make that, oh, there we go, Jose, obligatory. We got to set a new standard. The problem is, we not setting a new standard and then when we don't get where we want to get at in life, there's a hundred excuses we can make. Newsflash, the excuse only sounds good to the person who making it. Because nobody else don't want to hear that. I read a book the other day that says, what's the easiest way to become successful? Change your habits. If every week you change the bad habit to a good habit, you will realize in six months you're living a whole new different life. Change one glass of alcohol to one glass of water. Change one buying thing that you buy every week, change that to money you use to invest. One hour spent watching something that wastes time, use that one hour now into reading a book. If you change the habit every day of the week, I promise you by mid-year, you'll have a completely different life. If you did it for one year, you'll have a life that you never thought you would be living. You will be healthier, you will be smarter, you will be wealthier. You will have more money in your bank account. The problem is you want to have a new life with the old, you can't bring the old luggage to a new destination. You cannot do it and you don't want to let go of the luggage. You want to bring the luggage with you. You want to bring the baggage with you. That ain't going to happen. Listen, y'all know I'm from New Orleans, man. Y'all know, like, there's a lot of things about me that I had to change. I had to evolve. A lot of my homies still in the hood, but guess what? I still love them the same. When I go to New Orleans, Jose, he can follow. I was like, Jose, this is my hood, but we're going to have to get up out of here in a few. And my homies hit me like, son, it's all love, but look, it's hot right here. We getting to it right now. I'm like, bet. Next day, what we saw on the news, Jose, double murder. 
I said, well, that's the corner where we was at. My homies understand where I'm at. They love me, but they're like, bro, it's hot right now. We don't want, and I got to respect. They respect where I'm at. The, I don't want to bring that here. You got to be willing to let some stuff go. You got to be willing to, oh, Sarah J said something. She said, don't miss the moment. The problem is, you missing the moment because you won't bring everybody. You won't bring all your old habits to where you going. And watch this. There's no room for your old habits at this new destination. There's no room for it. There's no room for it. You got to stop saying, I'm just like that. That don't, that don't get you here. That don't go. That's just the way I am. That don't fit right here. You feel like the caterpillar and the butter, the butterfly exists in the caterpillar, but the butterfly can't see life in the new dimension still operating like a caterpillar. Damn, I hope I said that the way I wanted it to come out. You feel like the inside of the caterpillar is the butterfly, but the butterfly has to make a conscious. Listen, the caterpillar can go through life as a caterpillar if it chooses to. It can crawl and it can eat bugs and if it, if it choose to, but it has to make a conscious decision. It has to say, okay, like I'm tired of this. I gotta go get in this tree. I gotta go kill myself so I can evolve to see the world different. The problem is you want a butterfly life with a caterpillar appetite. That's your problem. That you want the butterfly life. You want to see the world from up top. You looking at the other butterflies like, yo, that's me. Yep, it is in you, but you got to kill the caterpillar. You got to kill the caterpillar. You got to kill it. And in order for the caterpillar to be a butterfly, it not only got to kill itself, but it got to be the most vulnerable stage that has ever been. Because watch this, inside of that cocoon is vulnerable. Inside of that cocoon, it can't stop me from squishing it. It can't stop the other insects from eating it. It got to be willing to make the It got to be willing to take the risk. You don't want to evolve because you don't want to take the risk. You don't want to take the risk. So what happens is you get so comfortable with them bad habits. And in round 15, when Joe Frazier decided to, he got to make the decision. Do I won't get up? Because there's a monster on the other side. Ali already on the ropes. He's standing up with his. You make the decision that I don't want, throw the towel in. Throw the towel in. Instead of saying, I'm going to die on my shield. Instead of saying, I'm going to die on my shield. You got to make the decision, man. Let's move a little further, man. God damn. I hate when I do that. I actually don't. I love when I do that. Sometimes I go in my moments. All right, watch this. Google me, please. Watch this. Google has, I want y'all to understand something. I talked about this a while back. I said that people will sell you something, but it's only valid if you buy it. So Microsoft came out swinging saying that they were going to replace Google with 
uh, the, the, bang, the Bing thing. Well, Google, 53% Chrome, North America, 58% Europe, 72% Asia, 52% in Oceania, 71% in Africa, 78% in South America. I don't think Google going nowhere no time soon. And if you don't know what Google is, it's Alphabet, Alphabet A and Alphabet C are both Google stocks. Please, my friends, I promise you, Google ain't going nowhere. Let's go a little further, Dave. All right, man, we've now entered. Jose, we went crazy. That was good. All right, let's go to our next segment, man. 1-800-TRAPPER-HOTLINE. Let's get to it. Good evening, Trap. I'm Jacqueline from the Triple Beam team. First of all, I'd like to say how much I appreciate all of the lottery picks, the option plays, and all the free game that you give out every week on Trapping Tuesdays. With that being said, however, I think that for me, what is most impactful is your personal story and the ways that you have consistently overcome adversity in your life. So my question is, when it comes to your investing journey, has there ever been a time that you became so discouraged that you were tempted to give up? And then in that case, how did you go about doubling down on your vision and staying in the game. Thank you so much. Jose, she is so soothing. Her voice was soothing. I felt like I felt like I wanted to uh what you what you call them things? Like the I felt like I wanted to like hmm I, the sound bowl. I felt I felt like I wanted to uh, to hit the sound bowl. I felt like I wanted to uh, find, I felt like I wanted to clear my chakras. <laughs> I felt like, I, I, yeah, I felt like, I, I felt like I wanted to clear my chakras. You feel me? Uh, yep, so I'm gonna tell you something. There was a point on, thank you for being in the Triple Beam team. Thank you for being in the Patreon group for sure. Uh, love that, love that. Uh, I will say this. I'm an extremist. So um, I remember one day I, I did doubt my... One thing, I, and I can, I can vouch for this, and I think every entrepreneur, every person that has a vision, you, there's always some point in your journey where you have to make a decision where you say, I'm all in or either I'm going to quit. I think, I think every... Can we agree to that? Can you, agree, can you agree to that? I think this, we all come up with, like, you like, damn. And so I think what happened with me was I had a, so one day I woke up and um, I, I was doubting if people were buying into what I was teaching. And it was discouraging for me because I felt like, and I'm going to just be real, this was like 2018, I felt like rap music had us in a chokehold. And there's nothing that... I felt like the music just had us in a chokehold and I felt like, man, people don't want to hear about this. And I remember telling myself, that's why you got to keep going. You, you the voice. Like, you've been through, you've been through, this This is not me taking away nothing from nobody in the, in because the, I realize now that like, a lot of times now, dudes in the rap game, like, really are coming from the street. Like, a lot of times, like, older, 
Maybe they born in the street. I don't know. But I know before there was a lot of people that wasn't really in the game, in the street before. But now, like, dudes, they going out their way to prove that they going out their way to do stuff. Like, they knocking on a prison door. And so I remember telling myself, bro, like, you really come from what they rapping about. So there's no better person to talk about this than you. And so I remember I went to the tattoo man. And I went and got my logo tattooed on my throat. And I remember getting Wall Street Trapper tattooed across my collarbone. I'm an extremist. And I told myself, I said, if you wake up every day and you see this and you not doing this, it's nobody else's fault that you not where you need to be at in life but your own. Now, I'm not telling you to go get a tattoo on your throat. I'm not telling you to go get a tattoo across your collarbone. But I'm an extremist. And so I knew that if I woke up every day and looked at this and I wasn't doing this, I knew that it was going to be nobody's fault but mine. Again, Joe Frazier, 15th round, I got up. The thing about the 15th round is they keep coming. On your journey, there's always going to be a reason where you're going to be like, should I do this? And I'm going to be real with you. When it gets that big, that's when you know that's where you need to be going at. I never did a tour before a day in my life, but yet we did eight cities for free, and now we're doing six cities paid. I've never did it before a day in my life, but guess what? We doing it. I never knew what this was like. My brother Walter Hitchens and I, he said, bro, this is impressive. Guess what? For a couple months, I came in here and sat in here in the dark. None of these walls were painted the way they was painted. None of this carpet was in here. None of this set was built. None of this was in here. A bunch of holes in the wall, but guess what? Here we are a, li- a year later, and we here. When you get discouraged, when you get down on yourself, I need you to dig deep and ask yourself, why did you start in the beginning? And if that don't keep you going, then you're probably not meant to be doing that thing. So I'm going to say this right quick. Damn. I talked to Jose the other day. I called Jose and I said, Jose, I got this idea. Now, y'all, I'm not the most religious person in the world. But I read the Bible, I read the Quran because there's some of the most amazing stories that you can relate to your life. And I told Jose this, I said, your greatest move, your best move is not even in God's playbook. I said, your best move is not even in God's playbook. Jose was like, damn, break that down to me. Watch this. Your best move is just that. Your best move is not a God move. And so what happens is when you think about God's playbook, God will never put you in a situation where you can fail. Only you will put you in situations that you fail. So we think about it. And I said this to Jose. I said, think about I'm not going to run all the stories down, but I said, think about Joseph. Joseph always went with a God move. He never went with his move. So watch this. Joseph, wake. it wasn't Joseph's fault that his father favored him, but yet his brothers had misplaced anger. They wasn't really mad at Joseph. They was mad at his daddy, but they couldn't get mad at Pop, so they took it out on Joseph. So Joseph, thinking that's his brothers, he went and tell them about a dream he had. They were included in a dream, but I just, the dream has me here. They got mad at him. And what did they do? Try to kill him. Dumped him in the well. Watch this. Joseph didn't go with his best move. His best move would have been what? Man, I'm going to get mad at my brothers. Man, I'm going to, you know, try to kill my brothers. 
His best move was, shit, I still got compassion for my brothers. I ain't tripping. So when he went into slavery, guess what? He didn't have no ill will in his heart. He was the best slave he could be. And guess what happened? Because he's still going with a guy move and not his best move. His best move was, let me try to escape from slavery because I shouldn't even be here. But God move is like, I got you. So in that situation, guess what? Pharaoh's right hand man, come ask Joseph, what's up? Boom, Joseph gets in position, they see him. Boom, guess what? Old boy wife try to throw Joseph something. Joe like, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm good. She like, you sure you good? Joseph like, man, I'm good. Well, look, if you don't say you, if you don't do this, I'm gonna tell him. Joseph like, I'm good. Here's why that makes so much sense. So she go lie on Joseph. Joseph get in front, you know, the, the Pharaoh guy, and Joseph's like, yo, I ain't touched that woman. Now watch this. This is the dope part about that situation. If Joseph would have went with his best move, his best move would have been to try to lie to get himself out of that situation. That would have been his best move. But your best move ain't even much in God's playbook. So Joseph still firm. Joe like, bro, I ain't touch her. Now, you can believe her if you won't believe her. And you gonna do me whatever you won't do me. But I, don't, I ain't touch her. Now, the dope part about that is, once you start lying, your whole demeanor change. You start fidgeting. And dude would have saw Joseph fidgeting, got him, you did do it. And if you didn't do it, you lying about something and kill it. But Joseph was firm, like, bro, I ain't touch her. Do what you want to do. What that made dude do? Believe Joseph. You know why? Because Joseph's best move would have got him knocked off. He went with a God move. But watch this. One of the reasons why we can't move forward is because Joseph said something that was real dope on that journey. He said, I forgot what was in my father's house. That's the part that people don't know. What does that mean? Well, no matter what my brothers did me, I let that go so that I can move forward. One of the reasons why we can't move forward in life is because we are harboring a lot of ill will to things that happen in our past. You know, we to forgive, but don't forget. I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. Sometimes it's best to forget it. Cause you trying to bring that old luggage into a new space. Joseph then becomes the second largest man, second most powerful man in Egypt. And guess what? When he saw his brothers, he cried. But guess what? I'm gonna let that go. And what happened? He saved his family from famine. I said that to say that. Stop going with your best move because your best move gonna keep setting you back. Your best move ain't even much in God's playbook. Go with God's best move for you. You'll never go wrong. Whew, let's go a little further. Next. Dang, Jose, I, I don't be trying that, bro. I said, yo, what's down with the black man? You already know what time it is, you hear me? Look, right quick, though, I just really wanted to, you know what I'm saying, like, pick your brain for a second, brother. You heard me? Paying attention to the Vicks, right? You see what I'm saying? And the movement of the Vicks, like, you know what I'm saying, with factoring in that, like, September, you know what I'm saying, supposed to be, like, a challenging time. Like, oh, 
in the market, you heard me for, you know what I'm saying, like investors. Um, but at the same time, looking at the VIX, I think since last Tuesday, it looked like it's been closing below the 50-day uh, moving average. So like, and at the same time, it's like, you know what I'm saying? That's like, I know, like you said, you heard me, that thing going down, I mean, the market doing, you know what I'm saying? Going up, you heard me, so just looking at it and seeing the movement of it, even though this like the, this what today will be like the first day of seeing how the VIX move in the month of September, you heard me, but like, how you take that in regards to, um, like looking for plays, you heard me, in a sense of like long-term uh, buy and hold or even on some option type of timing. You heard me like, where you hear that on that one? Brother, just highlight me on that one. Thank you. you yes, sir. Know. So so let me say this. I'm going to break that down for, for the people that ain't from New Orleans because y'all lost. <laughs> they lost. They like, what? So, brother said, brother, check this out. I know that you always say for us to pay attention to the VIX, but I've been looking at the VIX, and the VIX has been closing under the 50-day moving average. So because I'm paying attention to what you're saying, tell me what you see about the VIX, and how do you use that to make an option play or buy and hold play? <laughs> you feel me? Okay, listen, I'm on this. No, he, he, listen, I know my pe I know my language. I know my language. All right, so what that means? <laughs> hey, bro, I love my people. I love us so much. I love us so much. I was looking at my bro back there. He was like, what that nigga said? <laughs> he was going, listen, that you heard me and that, see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? And see what see what I'm saying? So uh, for sure, brother. So look, one of the things I do is we got to see what the average is for the VIX. So on average, the VIX is between uh, 14 and 17 is the average. I'm lying. Yeah, 14 and 17 is the average. So what we want to do is remember if the VIX is going up. Wait, wait, wait. As the VIX moves, so if the VIX going down, we know the market is going up. And if the VIX is going up, we know the market is going down. So essentially what we're going to do is we want to pay attention to where, where the VIX is compared to its average. But now we most so want to see if the VIX is going, moving in that direction, we know the market is getting cheaper and cheaper. If the market is getting cheaper for us, I'm going to be real with you. That is a great opportunity for us to, one, find buy and hold plays. Two, it's an excellent opportunity for us to buy option plays because one of the things that I really truly realized how we can make a lot of money in the options markets is when we can identify when those option contracts are on sale. I hope I got you, brother. I hope you understand that. I hope I made that clear. So let's go look at where the VIX has right now. I didn't see it. But most importantly, let's go look at what the industry average is for the VIX on where we at. So what industry we in? Let's go look at those P.E. ratios and see if those P.E. ratios are up or down. Let's go a little further, bro. How many? What's good, Trap? I'm not one for cameras, but I'm going to make this quick. After some time of looking over your trades, I want to know what is your sweet spot for Greeks in relation to the relationship between the Greeks? 
What is the story you're looking for them to tell you when looking at the risk of your option trade? I appreciate you, big dog. And shout out to you, Jose. Let me know what's up. I feel you, bro. I feel you, bro. It took me a while to get comfortable with the camera, too. Make sure them people not looking for you, dog. It's on YouTube. My dog got his forehead in the, in the top of the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> my dog like, trap. don't put me on that internet, dog. He reminds me of some of my homies in the street, though. They be like, bro, don't put me on that. They be like, <laughs> they be like, bro, don't put me on that internet, dog. Don't put me on that internet, bro. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, brother. For me, I, the only part of the Greeks I pay attention to is the Delta. And the reason why I only pay attention to the Delta is because I personally do longer dated options. So one of the biggest things, the reason why I'm paying attention to the Delta is because I want to know how much my money moves as the, op, as the stock price moves. So the, the closer the, the, the Delta is to 100, the more your, your option play moves dollar for dollar. Uh, for me, I'm not a, I'm not so, because I do six, seven, eight, nine, one year leap options, it doesn't really matter to me about data as much, data as much. Now, what I will say is the closer I get to that option expiration date, once I get about 45 days out, now data now makes more sense to me because now I know I'm losing time. Right. But to me, it's only going to be that I'm like the gamma and I'm not, man, I don't I'm, I don't pay attention to it because it doesn't fit what I'm doing as an option. I'm not a day trader um, as a day trader. Those things mean more to you as a because I go further out. They don't have as much like, for instance, I showed you all two plays today. Uh, one play I put in today is down as a day trader that probably would have killed you being down. I'm down 3% on that play I put in today. As a day trader, that may, they may, be, that may be 60%. That trade probably going to kill you. But because I'm a, because that play is out for six, seven months, I can be back in that in three days. Uh, it can go down. Like for the Google play, we was down for three weeks on it. After three weeks, we was up $20,000. You know what I'm saying? So because of the way I play the options game, Delta is the one that makes more sense to me. Delta, this is not a Greek, but open interest is one of the things that make more sense to me because I need to know that there's a lot of sellers when I buy it so they can buy it back from me. I hope that makes sense. That's it, Jose. We got one more. Let's go. What's up, Chapman fam? This is Miguel. Hey, child, we got a question for you. How do you set reasonable investing goals? First of all, why are you moving that camera back and forth like the Twilight Zone, bro? Stop doing that, man. Keep that thing far back, bro. <laughs> my dog moving that thing. So my, dog, my dog, look at that, man. That my dog moving that. Then you pulling your hair. Bro, stop doing that. Don't do that, man. Don't do that, man. Nah, nah, nah. Um... How do you set reasonable investment goals? Y'all know I like to mess with my people, man. I love my people, man. Um, your goals should factor into where you want to go at in life. Uh, for me, investment goals mean what do I want this money to do for me? 
which is why I have different portfolios, which is why I have different um, reasons for picking certain stocks. So my investment goals always meet where I want to go. So if in the options portfolio, my goal is to be a million-dollar trader. So my goal is to be able to put a million in a trade at a time. That's my goal. And we scale up to that. Uh, in the buy and hold, um, my IRA is for me to have a million dollars profit after once I get 59. I want, you know what I'm saying? I want that to come out of that. Uh, my dividend portfolio, I'm creating my goal is to generate at least 250000 to 300000 per quarter in dividends, income. That's going to be the goal for that. So for me, every portfolio has a goal that I'm going to attain. So your investment goals should be based on what you want them to do for you, what you want your money to do for you. All right, man, let's get into our next segment of flushing and flipping, man. Let's get to it. Man, so flushing and flipping is a dope segment. This has become um, our most popular segment of the show. Other than yep, other than today, one eight hundred travel hotline. Um, definitely love my trappers, man. Shout out to the Patreon group, man. Oh, this week Patreon group just said that we will have our for the people in the master of the triple beam. We will have our live Zoom call, our once-a-month Zoom call. All right. First thing on the flesh of the flip, it, y'all already know Jose going to put it up, and we going to chop it. CAE, the company is up 24% year-to-date. It's, tra- it's a training system. The company focuses on training systems for civil aviation, defense, security, and healthcare markets. So they train those areas. C-A-E, the company's up 24% year-to-date. Flush it or flip it. What we got? Flush it or flip it. How y'all feel? How y'all feel about that? I'm not going to lie. This is a sleeper. So I'm going to... Good job. All right, next, American Eagle. So American Eagle is up 22% year-to-date. It's up 52% in one year. It is a clothing brand uh, that caters to a specific design, specific peer group. American Eagle, man, we flush it up, flip it. How we feel, Jose? Yeah, we gonna... Nah, we gonna make money off that. The skateboard people love American Eagle, bro. They love it, bro. All right, next, Kellogg. Kellogg is the cereal brand uh, to give you Special K, uh, to give you uh, Frosted Flakes. They're great. Uh, Special K, how do we feel? I say Special K. Kellogg, how do we feel? Flush it or flip it? Nope. Flush it. Down the toilet. Down the toilet. Jose, the people say they need to review before they vote. They say they need to review before they vote. All right, next is Square, better known now as Block, uh, better known for Cash App, 
Uh, it is now down 11% on a year. I checked the five-year stat on it. It's actually down 5% in a five-year time span. Uh, its biggest competitor is PayPal, but right now with Apple uh, Pay and a lot of other things that's coming out, it's going to be hard. Square, flush it up, flip it. Yeah, we're going to flush that one. Union Pacific, man, it is one of the biggest railroad companies in the game. Uh, they take over one whole portion of the United States of America to themselves. They are part of a duopoly uh, of, of a train company that only one in America. No other train companies can actually even come into existence. They have that on the lock. Union Pacific, flush it up, flip it. I think it's a solid dividend company you should have. There's really no growth there, but it's consistent. You'll make a good dividend on it. I like it. We'll flip it. Schlumberg, right? Up year to date, 13%. Up one year, 57%. They focus on drilling and uh, processing of oil and gas. They're one of the biggest oil and gas drillers in the game. They do a lot of other stuff. They even have an oil reservoir. Big companies. Flush it up, flip it. Cause they had no slumber jade. They did? In a plant, they had it? The blue and white trailer. We're gonna flush it. They make money. Alright, next. Echo Lab. So they're responsible for uh a lot of dishwashing stuff. Not not uh detergent on the industrial level. Um they actually have the washer and dryer set up too, and they got the uh sanitizer for your hands. Echo Lab, great dividend stock, solid balance sheet, been around for a long time. Flush it up, flip it. Yep, we make some money on that. Procter Gamble, man, they come, you know, one of the oldest brands in the world. If you pick up your toothpaste, it probably got a PNG on it. If you pick up your deodorant, it probably got a PNG on it. If you pick up some of your health care, shaving, shaving stuff, women, the, the shaving stuff. You probably got PNG on it. Solid dividend company. I don't really like it too much, but hey, it is what it is. Flush it or flip it. I don't care. I don't care. Go organic. That fluoride ain't good for your children anyway. You feel me? We use, uh, my daughter use, uh, I think it's called Hello. We use Hello. You like Hello? We use Hello. She like it. She like the Hello stuff. She like the Hello brand. She be like, this tastes good. I be like, don't eat the toothpaste. Anyway, uh, Philip Morris, man, uh, listen, you know how I know this company? It is the cigarette company. My grandmother, when I was young, this is how you know, this is how you know times have changed. I used to go to the store and buy the cigarettes for my grandma when I was young. I come from that era. Boy, take these $8, go to the store, give me the Palm Oil, two packs of Palm Oil in a red pack. That's what she was to smoke. How was you buying? Oh, my God. And my grandfather used to smoke more menthols, the long green ones. I used to be like, yo, this is crazy. I, this, I got traumatized. I went, I don't understand. You know what? I think people be lying when they say my, grand, my people 
let me used to light the cigarettes, and that's how I wound up smoking cigarettes. Bro, I did that one time, it was like, uh-uh. Boy, them Paul Malls almost killed me. <laughs> I was, <laughs> boy, I thought my lungs was gone, so that was my learning lesson. Anyway, Philip Morrison, man, flush it or flip it. Yeah, we dead on that, we ain't risking that. I got a sleeper for y'all right here. Archers Daniels, ADM. Now, I remember this company. I remember a while back when I was working a job. This was maybe 2016, 2015. So this company actually transports and stores raw agricultural. Sunflower, wheat, cottonseed, sugar, all of that. So raw. And it was if, if you're in New Orleans, it's around... Uh, St. Rose, over there somewhere. And I remember we had to go to this plant. Bro, it, it, it stinking there, bro. And, and, there's a bunch of rats in there. The wheat, they, the rats eat the wheat. Bro, them some big rats. Just imagine them things having an unlimited amount of food, bro. Bro, I had to come up. I, I was like, nah, bro, this ain't for me. I'm going home. I might, I can step on a couple roaches, but rats, dog? Nah, bro. Them things jump. Nah, I'm do them rats, dog. Anyway, ADM, how y'all feel about it? It's, just, it's actually, it's not that bad. Uh, because of the rats, I'm flushing. Because of the rats, I don't care. It's stinking now. All right, man, let's go, let's go, let's go. Hey, right quick, man, let's throw our, uh, let's throw our, let's throw our tour thing up, man. Let's let them see that. Why well, tour commercial? production like we bar none we just different we not in competition with nobody let's see somebody that looks like us talk about stocks because i had never seen that before you know we buy during the drought and a recession is the best time to buy I know how to break down a company. I know how to invest. Being a more confident investor. That Wall Street does look like us. No cliche. I would no longer fertilize my fears. That financial trauma has to be broken. We got to understand that we are more than consumers. One share at a time can change the life. What are we doing? What are we doing? We're printing money, baby. over the last couple years, um, just being in America has made everyone realize that there's no such thing as job security. It's time to take accountability. It's time to be responsible. It's time to make the sacrifice. It's time to put in the work because this time it doesn't got work. Because this time ain't no savings. Let's go! Let's go!
Hey, man, listen. September 12th, Dallas, come see me. September 12th, man, I'm telling you, uh, the energy inside of Trapping Tuesdays, the recession tour, the workshop we doing, man, the energy inside these things are amazing. I want to just say, man, thank you, everybody. We've been doing about five, 600 people pro show, Jose. And, and I want y'all to understand that this is an idea. And there, these, each show has been successful. And I've learned so much on a journey. Every show has been like, taught me something. And I just want to say that you never know, anybody can say they want a tour. You never know who going to pull up in them, in that venue. So for every show we doing 500, we haven't had less than 500 people in a building. From 500 Atlanta had the most with 660. I just want to say, man, thank y'all. Like, that mean, that meant so much to me, not only as an entrepreneur, as a leader, but it means so much to me to know that I'm giving you all, you all value the information and you all value the tools that you're willing to come out on a Tuesday and spend four hours with me on the show. Because we do the workshop for an hour, we do Trapping Tuesday for about a two hours, and then we do another workshop for about another hour, hour and a half. Then after that, we go out and sign T-shirts and sign. So I just want to say to everybody, man, some people have even come to, I, somebody, I talked to a couple people, they done came to three shows. They like, nah, bro, I was in Atlanta, I came to New Orleans and LA, uh, Houston. And, so just, just thank y'all for that. That mean a lot to me, um, especially because the last, and let me say this, the last maybe year, I just wanted to be on my own journey. I wanted to... I wanted to say this is who Trap is. Financially, this is what I mean to the culture. Financially, this is my vision for how I can help the culture, help our community. I embarked on that journey. And I just want y'all to know that that means a lot to me that y'all not just show up, but y'all show up in the hundreds, right? And so just the energy that's in the room, man, I can't do nothing but say thank y'all. And my team, I know for sure my team, you know, we, we won't say thank y'all for that. So we appreciate that. But Philly, we got y'all September 26th. That's our last show. Um, and Dallas, we got y'all September 12th, man. Come out. Let's go, man. All right, let's go to this segment here, man. Breaking out a brick, man. We haven't did this in a couple weeks, Jose. Breaking down a brick, man, y'all know we like to look at a company, break that company down in front of y'all, and then make y'all make the decision of what you want to do. Let's go a little further. This week, we are breaking down PayPal. Ticket symbol PPL, PYPL. PayPal Hold is an American multinational financial technology company operating online payment systems, uh, the majority of the country that supports online money transfers and serves as an electric alternate to traditional paper. Let's go a little further. 
All right, so right now, PayPal actually has a good current ratio, meaning its current assets and current liabilities are good. A great EBITDA, a great interest coverage ratio, which means it can cover its debt and a great debt servicing ratio, meaning it's servicing its debt on a good scale. Great checks for PayPal. Let's go a little further. All right, it's growing revenue. Yep, they're trapping. The net income has been growing for the last five years. This has been inconsistent. The cash flow from operations have been inconsistent, but the free cash flow over the last five years is positive. We love that. Gross margin percent is consistent for the last five years. That is definitely, they are slipping big time. They're slipping. And the earnings per share growth over the last five years has been inconsistent. These last two years has been definitely a struggle for them. Let's go a little further. But what we do like about them is their ROIC is at 13.54%, meaning they can turn $1 into $13.54. ROIC, meaning they can turn $1 into $13.54. We like to say anywhere between 12 and 15, but over the last five years, they have been slipping. They've kind of been going back and forth, slipping under 12. No consistency, but it's been good. Let's go a little further. Last but not least, let's look at a couple of things. Earnings are good. Earnings compared to the market is good. The growth is slowing down. Revenue is good. Uh, they're trading at 18% below and at 18 and it's 16.77% per year. Uh, and for PayPal, um, I bought it at, again, at $58 and I said that I wasn't buying any more. Let's give it up for PayPal. If you're in, uh, then we'll look at the revenue. Uh, again, we see most of their money comes from transaction revenues, not revenues from value added. And that's kind of one of the things that hurt them. Their biggest market is the United States of America. They have other countries and the United Kingdom. Um, if you're in the Patreon tomorrow, we'll have a stock price for PayPal. Let's go that further. I want to say this, man, tonight, I want to go straight into this wise word from the OG. I want us to understand something, man. When we go back to the beginning of the show, we talked about the 15th round. The question I want to ask you is, will you get up and fight for it? Of course, you know it's not going to be easy, but the consequences to building wealth is a lifetime of freedom. Say it again for you. The consequences of building wealth is a lifetime of freedom. But that fight, it's an everyday fight. It does give you moments where it gets a little easier. It does give you moments where you don't have to be overly enthralled. But in those moments, that is when you have to go harder. It is in those moments when everyone else is resting that you got to have a vision and go further. In order to do something that has never been done, you got to be willing to go somewhere and be something that you've never seen. That's why I study the greats. There's so much data in the people that came before us. There's so many blueprints out that we can take pieces from. We so focused on reinventing the wheel. We so focused on, on, on 
so focused on copying people who've never, why are we getting information from people who haven't accomplished the things that we want to accomplish? When I sit back, I look at the greats. When I sit back, I look at people who have accomplished the things of people who have been places that well, I want to be. It's the reason why Kobe studied Mike. There's a reason why there's a blueprint that you can build off. And you don't have to copy the blueprint. You can add your sauce to it. Do you have a financial stamina though? Because this wealth game going to take everything you got in you. You got to be willing to go against the naysayers. You got to be willing to go against other people's opinion of what you're doing. Because here's the one thing I do know. When you get there, when you accomplish it, they'll ask you why. They'll ask you how. And they'll ask you to help. Remember I said, it's not about your best move. What is the God move? Man, this journey ain't for the weak. You got to be built for this. You can sit in the stands and watch everybody win. Or you can get in the game. Take the L's. Take the falls but keep fighting. My one question to you before I leave tonight is, in the 15th round, will you get up? In the 15th round, when it's all on the line, will you get up? Or will you live a life of regret? I promise you, I'm going to get this thing, everything I got. It ain't nothing this world can throw at me that I don't feel like I can overcome. And I'm going to be honest with you, y'all. I'm bold enough to get it wrong. I'm bold enough to get it wrong. I'm bold enough to get punched in the face. You know why? Because if I look at my track record, here's what I do know. Every time life punched me in the face, guess what? I fought back. Every time life punched me in the face, I fought back. I didn't make an excuse. I, I may have cried. I may have weeped, but that's part of the game. Nip said, you're going to feel every emotion on this journey. And I ain't never ran from the emotions. I wasn't so much worried about the end result because I knew if I woke up every day and fought, the end result was inevitable. I just had to become the person within the process. You know how many kills the lion miss in order to become a great hunter? But it's in the misses that the lion builds up stamina. It's in the misses that the lion start getting fit for the fight. It's in the misses that the lion start learning how to pray moves. It's in the misses. It's in that where the lion intakes the data and the lion can now start anticipating when the antelope is going to jump, when the gazelle is going to zig right or left. It's in that data that the lion becomes one of the greatest hunters in the jungle. Or the safari. So the question for you is, will you become a predator 
or will you stay a financial prayer? So in round 15, when everything is on the line, will you get up? It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapping Man. This is episode 59 of Trapping Tuesdays. Thank y'all for trapping in with us for two hours and 40 minutes tonight. Listen, man, we got a tour. Dallas, we're going to see y'all next week. Listen, Thursday, Jose dropping episode 59 on all podcast platforms. I need y'all to understand something, man. There are not 80-something shows better than us on those charts. Do us a favor, man. Help us out, man. Y'all see the game we give. Man, go download. Go share that. And most importantly, go like it. Go leave a review. Put this in the group chat. Let your people know this where you're getting all your game from, man. It's your boy, The Washington Chapman, man. I love y'all. Good night. I'll see y'all next week.